mercy of the Krishna. Without the grace of the spiritual master, one cannot make any advancement. A disciple should never be a hypocrite or be unfaithful to his spiritual master. In Srimad Bhagavatam 11.17.27, the spiritual master is also called Acharya. Acharya Mam Pijanyam. The Supreme Person of God says that one should respect the spiritual master and accepting him as the Lord Himself. Navamanyetakarchi. One should not disrespect the Acharya at any time. Namartya Buddhya Shuryate. One should never think the Acharya an ordinary person. Familiarity sometimes breeds contempt, but one should be very careful in one's dealing with the Acharya. Agada Vishanam Vijam. The Acharya is a perfect Brahmana and has unlimited intelligence in guiding the activities of his disciple. Therefore, Krishna advises in Bhagavad Gita 434. Tatvidi Pranipatena, Parikrashnena Shevaya, Upadekshyantitena, Nyanina Stattva Darishana. Just try to learn the truth by approaching a spiritual master, incur from him submissively and render service unto him. The self-realized soul can impart knowledge unto you because he has seen the truth. One should fully surrender unto the spiritual master and with sincere Shevaya, one should approach him for further spiritual enlightenment.
if you read the previous verses, he was surrounded by all the facilities and opulence and he was having his time. He was a king. He was in his kingdom, he was in there's a king. And there was uh, Umbrella, Tamara, there were dancers and singers. And there were all varieties of people, Apsaras, Andalwas, even people like you know, different subterranean planets. Everyone was there and praising. And he was with his wife in the throne. So he was completely blinded by the surrounding material documents. We hear time and again, material ornaments is obstacle in the path of bhakti. But material ornaments in itself may not uh, take a stand that yes, bad. Material ornaments used in a proper way which can fuel our purpose of life then that material opulence is actually great. Isn't it? We have beautiful temples, we have beautiful offerings, we have a lot of festivals and events. We need opulence. Opulence is something which attracts a conditioned soul. Prabhupada wants a big, he wants a big marble temple in the middle of the city, wherever we go. Because how else the conditioned soul is attracted? Is one of the ways that they approach God is to get rid of the distress and get more money. They want money. And if you are in a like a hut, in a you know, like a tin shed, people may not be appreciative, even though the truth, the even though the philosophy, even everything is so high pride, they should see, they want to see. So material opulence, when used for our sense gratification, then it's entangled. We hear again and again in Bhagavad Gita, second chapter, many verses Krishna makes sure or you know, tells this living entity are my own part, Mamayam so Jivaloka Jivabhuta Sanatana. They are struggling with the senses and mind. Because the sense objects and senses are like, you know, very attractive in nature. They want to. It's inseparable like that. But when same material opulence is used in the sense gratification of Krishna, this is a central point or a central theme of Bhagavad Gita in the start of the Prabhupada is we are meant to satisfy the senses of Krishna. Isn't it? That is called love. If we're trying to satisfy our senses, then that is lost. So very clear, the material opulence has its own uh, usage. But then here we can see time and again, in the case of Indra, even though he, was, he had a lot of opulence, he is portrayed as a great devotee in the Aryamarikulam. 
that Krishna personally comes to deliver the devotee that Indra. We should not immediately uh, take side and give a receipt of that comments on Indra. This is there for our teaching, we should understand. Great personality, you know, what Krishna also says that my devotee never perishes. Even though sometimes accidentally he falls down, but if we stick to the path, if we stick to the path of devotion, then he is meant to get perfected. He is in the process of perfection. So here we can see Indra quickly regretted. He understood when he, when he saw that this, my spiritual master has left this place without even speaking a word. Now this is very interesting actually in Srimad Bhagavatam. We have the same situation in uh, the fourth canto. When Daksha entered the arena, Lord Shiva came there. Now, then here you see Virasvati entering and Indra came there. So, in both the situation, it's not just material problems, we have to see the etiquette. So, that's what the second point which Indra was saying. First, Indra was saying, I want to curse this material opulence because this actually may be very embarrassing situation or this actually may be fallen. But the second thing is one should know a superior religious etiquette. How to uh, behave, how to actually um, conduct oneself or behave himself in the assembly of Vaishnavas and devotees. This is very crucial and critical because material opulence, yes, you know, we may get entangled but then we, there is a hope that one may get frustrated in mental opulence and sense gratification and then he can turn. But then one behaving in a proper way that actually displeases Krishna and Vaishnava, that is a more dangerous situation than having a lot of money. Hmm. Um, because uh, the attitude towards devotee actually determines our progress as well in bhakti. And we can see here that uh, Indra uh, disrespecting just by not giving proper respect to his own spiritual master. This is a serious offense actually. This is a serious offense. So one place we see that one person not getting up is, is justified. The fact that Shiva is not a hundred person because Daksha was having already preconceived idea of one how one everyone should receive him. So it all boils down to one point that Amarina Manedena, you know, Kirtane Sadari. That's the verse. If you see in this whole episode, you can you know summarize or boil down to that verse. Nadanam Nadanam. That one doesn't want. Even Prabhupada is in the Prabhupada. So, but it, it all boils down to giving respect and not expecting more. So, in, in irrespective of every situation, whether we are sitting and not giving or we are entering or we are going to visit devotees or the devotees are coming to see us, it always can be safe that we can ready to give respect to everyone and not expect anyone. But then, to, this is some very easy in theoretical and very 
very attractive. But to put it in place, it's very difficult for policy. It is very difficult for policy to to take that humble position, irrespective of whatever uh, designation or whatever achievements in bhakti or whatever knowledge one has, uh, to remain humble and to give respect to everyone. And that's the quality of Uttamadika, if you see. He thinks everyone is advanced, everyone is perfect, everyone is pure, everyone is above me. Well, that's a mood, actually, that's a, uh, his... Uh, because if you see, the category of devotees is, is, is distinguished or categorized on the basis of behavior. And neophyte, for him, only the Supreme Lord and himself, right? He doesn't actually treat or give proper respect to devotees. And he don't mind, for him is the direct connection, I am and the Lord. I don't want to, I don't want to deal with these people. Or I don't, he doesn't know a proper etiquette. This behavior is like the ornaments in Vaishnava's presence makes one devotee very attractive. How he behaves. So a neophyte is least bothered about devotees because he feels that I'm directly connected with Krishna. I'm worshipping Krishna, the Supreme Person, I'm directly connected. But then he progress to Madhyama when he discriminate people and give proper etiquette or respect to that person whom he is dealing with. If he is seniors, he gives respect. If he is equal, he makes friendship. If someone is innocent, he preaches and compassion. Right? And if someone is envious, he avoids them. So that is his, that is his uh, act, action. That is his uh, behavior towards different people. And then if you see them progressively, Uttamadikari, he doesn't even think that this person is envy, this person is friend, this person is senior. He thinks everyone is above, everyone is way beyond in Krishna consciousness. And, and uh, our process of bhakti, we have to be with devotees. He can't escape, he is not like Yes, I know all this knowledge, all these scriptures and everything. Let me go to the forest and perform my advice. No, that is not an option because we see that it's not going to work. He alone in the wilderness is uh, is uh, is like the path to perish, like uh, the cloud which is what is it? Krishna said the raven cloud or cloud which is it's dissipated. So similarly. We have to be with devotees, but at the same time, we have to be very cautious of how we deal with devotees. So that's why this kind of pastimes help, even though one may be in even the king of all demigods or, or the Prajapati or Daksha, they are all great people actually. They are men, they are working on the order of the Supreme Lord, they are carrying out the service of the Supreme Lord. And they are the administrators of this universal uh, dealings. Even those great people, they regret of their dealings. Mm. 
So we should be extremely cautious when we are dealing with devotees and uh, uh, make sure we are we are humble and giving respect. So here, Prabhupada gives a purport in a, explaining about the Acharya. This verse itself, this whole text can be offered to Srila Prabhupada. It perfectly fits. As Indra praying to Brihaswati, we can offer this whole, because every day we touch, we place our head or we touch the feet of Srila Prabhupada placing our head. So he is an Acharya. One time, the memories we collected by Ahmad Tatoprabhu, he was distributing books to someone in, uh, in India, and then he showed the book of Krishna, Krishna book, and this person took back, and there was a picture of Srila Prabhupada. So he quickly took some, some thread or something for measurement, and then he measured the forehead of Prabhupada and the ears of Prabhupada and everything, and then Atmantatya Prabhu was thinking what's happening and uh, he said this person is an Acharya <laughs> the four Acharya, the four Sampradaya Acharya are present in him do you have a full picture of this person? Prabhu <laughs> that he was like the little taken back and then he said okay fine I'll get it something and then he, he, he got some of the picture of Srila Prabhupada and presented to that person and he measured everything and he said, this person, all the four Sampradaya Acharyas are present in him. He is not an ordinary person. I want to surrender to him. I'm been looking for this kind of person like him. So he took all and he said, can I have this book? I want to really look forward. I want this person is not sir, he's not an ordinary person, he's an Acharya. So Prabhu gave a book and he collected another incident. Prabhupada, as an Acharya, he was in Kumbh Mela. And uh, he was, I think, his Ayagadisi was talking about uh, the lotus seeds. It's good if it's fried in ghee. And he was telling, and then he was going to get some lotus seeds. And that time he got his friend, Ramanandi, uh, is a Sampradaya, I think. I think it's a Sankara, Sayuri Sankara Sampradaya, big Sampradaya, I think. He had a friend and he, he came along with his son. And then um, he came and then he put the like kind of a bowl and he, he wanted to appreciate Prabhupada's feet. And all the devotees are waiting. This is in 76, Prabhu was recollecting. This is in 76. Everyone is eager. They didn't wash feet of Prabhupada. They want the channel with the Prabhupada. But this person came and then out of love and Prabhupada said, you will go and take part. And he said, what's the point going to take part? You are the, you are the Sangamam of all the devotees, holy devotees, you are a great devotee. And washing your feet is a, is a idol actually. It's actually true, isn't it? If you go to pilgrimage, the main purpose of going to pilgrimage is associated with uh, some great Vaishnava and hear from him and serve his Lord's feet. That is the purpose of you know pilgrimage, not just going and taking part in the holy river. So then this devotee you know took the channel and distributed. Then Prabhupada said, You have a son, he said, You give your son to me, I'll make him as an acharya. Then 
father is uh, uh, soon in time, you know, in no time, in, in two, uh, uh, very soon time, you know, he will. Prabhupada said, soon time only, there is no time. <laughs> you don't want to give. The first said, no, no, Prabhupada, he just started, you know, learning the Sanskrit. So he's a young boy, once he grow up, I'll come to give to you. Prabhupada also, Prabhupada So years after, Atmatoto Prabhu again went to Kumbhamela with all the Gurukul boys. He wanted to show. So he took care of And there was a big position, big, like a big gathering. It said that, that the Sampradaya, which uh, the, the Sankara Sampradaya was split into many groups. And they all united on that year under one sannyasi, who is a young sannyasi, who combined all the Sampradaya. Imagine, you know, he collected everything and made it into one group. And they were there and it was a big position and this was a young sannyasi and they <coughs> All were like three times more his age. All the people with beer and everything, all the sunny, and this is sannyasi. And he saw Atmatattva Prabhu and he started glorifying Prabhupada in Sanskrit verses. He quoted so many verses and everything, and then Atmatattva you know, showed all the boys and then he said, You remember, he used to carry me when I was a young boy in the same place in the back. So that boy is the Acharya of that Sampradaya, the same boy who Prabhupada said, if you, you come to me, I'll make Acharya. Yet he glorified Prabhupada, he composed verses for Prabhupada, and he said, my father actually took a vow before dying that I have to finish all the commentary of the Saita Kabashya of the Sankara. And uh, he said, you know, by the mercy of Srila Prabhupada, I become Acharya. So you can see, Acharya is as a unique position in any Sampradaya. They are not just an ordinary person. A very special place, even in our Sampradaya, Prabhupada always had a special place. That's why we are doing this course, founder Acharya course, to understand the unique position of Srila Prabhupada. He is not just any other ordinary uh, person. He has come to deliver the message of Lord Chaitanya. It is very clear. In ten years, so many temples, so many. I mean, uh, we can never repay whatever we have received from Srila Prabhupada. We are always indebted to Acharya. He is a special. So, here, the position of earth, we can see by just pleasing the spiritual master, then Krishna is pleased and everything is like. Um, Gate is a gate opening to the Vaikunda or to the spiritual world. Serving the devotees. So Krishna, so then Prabhupada actually gives this verse from Bhagavad Gita, 434, This is an interesting verse actually. Because this verse not only establishes the position of a spiritual master, but it also gives us uh, how we should approach and behave with the spiritual master. This is a very critical issue. So there is a few, the extreme is considering 
that spiritual master or guru equal to god because normally people they don't want someone as a mentor they feel that they don't need anyone in my spiritual spiritual life a person interfering with my dealing with god this is one and one side that they don't want right and another side is that they portray a guru equal to god or as a replacement to god that is another issue unless we have a proper understanding then it becomes really difficult to explain to people as well guru is not replacing god but he is representing god this is our process because the whole point of bhagavad gita is started when when arjuna took a position of a disciple and received ready to receive the knowledge this is the krishna's method that in order to approach god we need some kind of uh, a person who knows god who knows the, the, the supreme god and not only that krishna prabhupada in bhagavad gita again the way the material nature works or uh, it pushes someone to approach a spiritual master to get unbound the three modes are meant to bound the condition soul in this material world keep him here all the time so we need someone who is liberated who is not bound who is transcendental who can actually reveal or who can unbound us from the condition life that's good one who cuts the knot which we create within our heart in this material world so one who can able to give that knowledge open the eyes from the darkness of ignorance so we have a lot of scriptural verses glorifying the position of the guru one who knows the science of god so here this extreme has to be avoided either compare we don't want anyone nor we don't want god one end is we don't want god because the god my guru is equal to god we see so many you know this uh, false religion uh, popping every time someone trying to their avatar or someone and they totally mislead this is like exactly the previous verse who are trying to get into a boat which is made out of straw uh, they are not going to go anywhere they are just going to go down one like deep in the depth of ignorance and another extreme is that i don't want anyone this is a neophyte mentality that i can directly deal with god even the great acharyas in our sampradaya they are only helping in the footstep of some senior devotees or you know already the eternal associates and they are helping in the service of radha krishna so then how do we do it so krishna prabhu is saying we should avoid blind following by asking inquisitive questions but at the same time our question should not be absurd in word so first is comes 
before inquiry, one has to submissively serve the spiritual master, and then one is eligible to ask questions and inquiry. Then the spiritual master reveals the transcendental knowledge or the truth to the surrendered soul. So that inquisitiveness will avoid the blind following because one has to understand when the spiritual master is speaking, when a person is inquisitively asking, say, you know, into Srimad Bhagavatam in the previous, previous chapter, so that there was Swami served that the spiritual master got offended and they got another person who, even though come from a the enemies can, but he made a guru and then they got it back. Then he is inclusively asking, Parishit Maharaj is asking, even Arjuna, every chapter is asking, Krishna, you spoke like this. May I know why you spoke like this? What is the, what is the possibility of if he follow like this? Can you enlighten? So he, he is asking inclusive questions so that he can understand the instruction of the spiritual master. But his questions are not like absurd, you know. He's not asking some weird questions. So generally, our questions should be either beneficial for ourselves, or for others, or for common humanity. If our questions are not beneficial to any of this category, better not ask questions. You know? Just to sake of asking questions and post that I know thing. It is an expression again, it is an expression of false ego that we want to show off. Uh, then it won't actually penetrate in our heart. The instruction won't go in. So that's very important that we follow this verse to, to submissively render service and inquire relevant questions so that we can understand the instruction. Then the self-realized soul can impart knowledge unto you because he has seen the truth. So one should fully surrender unto the spiritual master and with service one should approach him for further spiritual enlightenment. So this is another very um, important that it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a lingering tendency that we assume that initiation is my culmination of spiritual progress or my goal is initiation. Somehow or other I have to get initiated. But as the word suggests, even the process itself, initiation means you just started. It's not a goal. Goal is not initiation. We think I need to somehow or other get my spiritual master initiated or somehow or other hook a crook. And even though so many layers of test and everything is that I feel like, you know, I'm close to my goal. Once I finish this course, that course, this exam, that exam, shelter done, this done, this done, recommendation done, everything done, yes, I've got initiated, that's it, done. But it's just, you know, after that, one should not um, uh, think complacent the relationship with the disciple and the spiritual master is done. He will come birth after birth and save me. That's it. <laughs> this should be, we should avoid this trap of after initiation, you know, we, we part, we depart like that. No. We should always carry the instruction of the spiritual master in the heart 
as a Hanan. So this is from the, from the example of Srila Prabhupada we can see. He always wanted to do what his spiritual master asked him. In many cases we may not get personal instruction as what we see. But there is always general instruction in the lectures or in the writings of spiritual master or whenever he has given lectures and everything. So we should we should think that initiation is just my beginning of my uh, relationship with the spiritual master. That is a long way to go, a long way to go. So one should be very uh, more more enthusiastic, more inclined after initiation. One should be very, very much inclined to serve the spiritual master, his instruction, and his physical presence, if possible. Of course, we are not, if, if Sujo Master is there and we, we just uh, focus, yes, I want to hear, but if you have opportunity, if you have a blessing, if you have chance, why not serve the Sujo Master physically? But at the same time, his instruction carries more weightage, Siksha carries more importance in our, in our Gaudiya line. So here, one should, these are, these are some of the uh, Prabhupada regarding Acharya words, one should uh, respect the spiritual master, accepting him as Lord himself, as a representative of the Supreme Lord, and then one should not disrespect the Acharya at any time. So this is very important. And one should never think the Acharya is normally person. Again, I think uh, nectar of instruction clearly says one should not um, see as an ordinary person, even if he has a defect in the body or he doesn't look good. Spiritual master is beyond the uh, color, creed, caste, or the place of birth or the body features. Familiarity sometimes breeds contempt. But one should be very careful in one's dealing with Acharya. This goes with every good action, not just Acharya. Uh, it, it is, you know, I find myself difficult as well because you have worked with devotees who are very senior in your age and practice. You deal with devotees who are uh, very much advanced in spiritual life. But it's because you meet them every day, you work with them every day, you see them every day, then you take it for granted. You, you actually uh, have that uh, feeling that, oh, this is my casual, casual dealings. But that leads to casuality, actually. We should, uh, we should have really uh, very formal and very respectful, try to as much as possible, as much as possible, which I, I find difficult as well because in our temple we have lots and lots of senior devotees, like everywhere you can see senior devotees actually. Um, so, but still one has to be very much uh, aware and uh, try to, but even the as a friendly and they may be uh, greet you and invite you or gestures are very friendly but still one has to be very much uh, careful with 
Sometimes you may sleep, but we should pull our back over the back and then we should be always very uh, respectful. So I'll stop here and see if anyone has any questions or comments or addition what we discussed today. Yes,
that comes when we have already contemplated within. It is just an external manifestation, but, but then when we are internally not connected, we don't understand the importance of devotees, then only we will uh, get into the trap of my that we think these people are just another, you know, um, people, any other kind, that's it. We don't think them as a very special commodity. Okay. Thank you. 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 Thank you.